Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hello and welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. This is Devin Leary. You guys, I am fresh as a daisy in my nightgown. Just woke up only, uh, I say only an hour ago, as if like most people have their shit together by then. I woke up only an hour ago, so I'm just like fresh out of bed. (laughs) Basically just rolled out. Um, I woke up many hours ago, not to brag, um, but I did have to get in. You know, I had some viewing this morning. I had to watch the new Real Girlfriends of Paris and I had to watch the new (laughs) Southern Charm that I missed from last week. A friend of the pod, uh, Cullen from Los Angeles, reached out to tell me, tell Devin that I think that she needs to give Naomi a break and that Craig is the real villain from Southern Charm. All right. This is falling into the realm of the people saying like, we need to not blame the women in the Adam Levine thing at all. Like on a certain level, I agree with that. Like Adam Levine is the one who cheated at the same time. It is disrespectful to flirt with a man who, you know, is married and it is disrespectful to try to engage with your ex-boyfriend when he has a new girlfriend. Like it just is. I, I agree that Naomi's been through a lot and Craig is an asshole to her and it's mostly on him, not her. But also, like, if you try to engage with people's partners, knowing that they're partnered, that's disrespectful. I would agree. I would agree. We watched a show recently. You know, we thought this franchise was done giving us what it was, but it, it just it just gives and gives and gives more, more, more. And that is the Love is Blind series not hosted by Nick Lachey, randomly hosted by Nick Lachey and Vanessa Lachey in moments. Thankfully, we didn't have to see them in these three episodes, but they gave us after the altar. So all of the couples that we initially saw get married, the couples that we didn't see get married, uh, we get to watch what they're up to. Yeah, they can't do like newlywed life or after the wedding's life because a lot of them didn't wed and for good reason. But I couldn't have been more excited to see that little gold font pop up on my Netflix suggested page. And I did watch all of it in one afternoon. I was extremely excited as well. And there were so many people that I needed to know about. And of course, who they started us with was Shayna. If you remember Shayna, she famously squinted during the reunion. She was the one who constantly talked about being in a crop top um, in the pods to turn on her male suitors. She also was engaged to Kyle. They did not end up together, maybe A, because she never liked him in the first place, and B, because he did not believe that Jesus Christ was his savior. 
Yeah, I have to say the Shayna and Shane scenes felt like a sort of extension Scripted. of it felt like an extension of Netflix's Dahmer with the with the <laughs> Midwestern accents. Shayna's like, love is emotional. It's emotional. She had the scissors. She's cutting his hair. It just felt like he's having trouble speaking, almost like a, somebody who's drugged. Like, he sounds like he's on laughing gas all the time. Like, it's just, like, really hard for him to get a sentence out. Like, I don't know. He's also lost a lot of weight. Maybe he is on drugs. Wait a second. Is he on drugs? So, yeah, that was it was tough to go from Dahmer to watching that and to see the, the glaring connections. Yeah, there's... It's so funny. She's now, Chana is now engaged with a Greek restaurant owner. She has so much Botox that it's actually going to save me money just looking at her because I, I think I'm going to restrain from continuing down my Botox journey as much as I would like to. Um, and her boyfriend laughingly tells Nick and Danielle how on their first date, Shana's first question to him was, do you believe in Jesus Christ? <laughs> I think this is actually a really funny opening line on like Bumble. I think it's interesting how people can really, how like terrible people can really be meant for each other. Like when you see a couple like Shayna and her new boyfriend, it's like, okay, you're terrible and he's terrible and you're both not that smart, but you both think you are. And you're both not very interesting, but you both think you're interesting. You're actually perfect for each other. Like That's it's actually really good, point. good that you found each other. And it's actually proof that there is someone for everyone. Like no matter how much of an asshole you are, there's someone for you and you'll be assholes together. But also I love the like kind of stupid asshole couple, like on the date with the normal couple, like when Shane is like, Oh my God, I love you guys. Like those, that couple that's like, Oh, oh. you're so- you're so funny. I love you guys. Well, us, we just like to vacation in Santorini, but you're so funny. I love you guys. Like, it just, I can't. But also, I feel like, why did Danielle and Nick even go out with them? Like, I guess it seemed like it was forced by the producers because obviously there's like a girl group that formed out of, what are they called? The pods? Um, yeah. And all the girls, there's a scene where all the girls, aside from Shayna, hang out together and like talk shit about Shayna, which I obviously loved. The funniest part is when Danielle is like, I um, invited Shayna to the party, even though I didn't want her to come. (laughs) (laughs) And that I found so identifiable too. like, there's been so many conversations between women and I'm sure men were like, so I invited them, but I really hope they don't come. (laughs) And you're like, wait, but why are you? Why did you have to invite them? And you're like, I just did. I had to invite them. Yeah. You just really hope they don't show up. But I really hope. Yeah. Well, it's interesting about Danielle and Nick, too. So Danielle and Nick, their storyline was almost it was like haunting to me. It was almost like a paranormal activity sequel. Like it just was like very haunting. And then the whole thing ends with like that title card. That's like in the end, Danielle and Nick didn't stay together. And Ayana and Garrett didn't stay together. And so and so and so and so didn't say it's like that's what we're leading (laughs) up to. But there's this moment where Danielle is which also I feel that more inner self-work needs to be done on Danielle's part because I... Famously, by the way, she was the girl who locked herself in a closet because she thought her fiancé was having fun at a party and watched him from a balcony, which is my shadow self. Like It's it's relatable. It's relatable. It, it's the worst version of what Devin and I can resort to. What we're capable to. of. Yes. Exactly. It's a warning. She's a warning sign, <laughs> as it turns out. And by the way, she... So, like... In the testimonials, she still does the same thing she did with him on the show where it's like she like hunches over and like, I don't know what it is because it's like he doesn't seem like he's overbearing or makes her feel, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea what their relationship looks like, but her stature around him is weird. She's very hunched over and like uncomfortable seeming. But this is her statement on marriage. Mm-hmm. Quote, the amount of fun that we can have together effortlessly without even having to think twice that's one of the coolest things about being married. We, you can plan something a year from now and know it's going to be with that person. And then they're like, love you, love you too. Then she goes, we already have trips that are planned one year in advance, two years in advance. You don't have to think twice about the other person not being there because you're married. I was like, that's all you have to say on the, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, she's a pragmatist. Yeah. 
It reminded I, me of in Best in Show when Jennifer Coolidge is like, we can talk or not talk. <laughs> it's like, you know, and I'm married and therefore this person has to go on trips with me and I can make a plan for a trip and I will know that someone has to be there with me because someone is married. Yeah. No, it, it's, <laughs> she's not, for someone who is so obsessed with um, her partner, she is not that romantic. I I actually think Garrett is much more romantic, Garrett and Ayana, than these two, okay, which wait. we will get to, which we'll get to. Before we get to that, I do want to say that, like, so I started this, the first of the three episodes, like, oh my God, Danielle and Nick, it's kind of depressing. Like, I can't believe that their marriage is like this. It's haunting. It's paranormal activity, whatever. But then when they plan the party, like the 80s party, I saw that like, okay, this is this is where they thrive as a couple is throwing parties, like hosting parties. They're great hosts. They they both committed to the bit. They both committed to the costumes. They, They're busy people. They're like the kind of people who are always planning trips and like always going out. And like, I could not identify with that kind of personality less, but I agree. They, I like they that. have that. They have that capacity together. And I did think it was sweet when Danielle said that Nick hangs out with her sister one on one. Like I was like, sweet. That's definitely. Oh, that's definitely something I would uh, be adding to my <laughs> list of things I would want. <laughs> it's really know. funny. <laughs> Danielle is. Uh, well, I'll, I'll also say about Nick is that he's one of the girls, and it yes. was so funny watching yes, him with the shit talking. Yes, with uh, he loves to stir the pot, and watching him with all of the guys when the guys are hanging out, which felt so awkward because the awkward, guys were all yeah. just such nerds. And Garrett saying basically like, "My whole life had to change. Like, it's not just me anymore. I have to, you know, take care of my wife, and I took all these jobs because I want to provide for her and all this stuff." And but it's really hard. And Nick is like, yeah, kind of. You can see that he's trying to think of something. And he's like, like, I just want to watch the game on Monday nights. And you're like, Nick, no, you fucking don't. Like, he's like, babe, I'm watching the game. He's like, it's dude. I got to be seeing that pigskin being thrown up and down. Exactly. And then they're talking about Kyle and Deep D. And it's literally like middle schoolers, all of them. They're like. The sexual tension. Yeah, that's there. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, they're not just like, oh, so have you guys had sex or not? They're like, wow. So things are getting spicy. Like, <laughs> I know. It's so true. Like, there's so many TikToks about, like, the difference between men talking about things and women talking about things. But it is fascinating when you are in a relationship with a man or dating a man. I mean, I guess those are the same thing. I don't know. Um, and to ask them about their friends and they're just like, Oh, hmm. like you're like, Oh, so it was quite obvious to me that your friends who are a couple deeply hate each other. And there's something right. gravely awful that went on. And they're like, Oh, Oh really? You think so? Um, I never really talked to him about it. It's like, how have you, I go, I go crazy in those situations where I'm like, Oh, by the way, we were just in a room with a psychopath yes. and the guy being like, in what con, wait, that guy. And yeah. I'm like, yes, he is a criminal. <laughs> like, wait, that was fine. No, I know. It's funny because, yeah, I mean, it's a biological thing, but also it's one of those things that makes you grateful. You're like, okay, everything's horrible about being a woman, but like rehashing an event with someone and being like, okay, the microaggressions, the little moments, the this, the that, like that, I wouldn't give that Devin up. Devin and I don't do drugs out. anymore. And that it, to me, like the feeling I used to have of like picking up cocaine or like going to a party where I knew that like there was a lot of alcohol. That is how I feel when there is an event or to download. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or something or, okay, wait, no, this is the feeling. When you posit something, I remember this, like there was this couple that I went to college with and based on their Instagrams, just following them on Instagram, I, I posited, I was like, okay, she made friends with this guy. It started as an innocent friendship. And then eventually she wanted to hook up with that guy. So then she broke up with the college guy. Cause she was like, I'm just like, I want to be independent, but really it was so she could go try to sleep with this other person. And like, I, I had all the, the signs the this, the that. And then I confirmed that basically that was exactly what happened. And I've never felt more euphoric. It's a high for the lot. Yeah, no, no, no. Absolutely. 
high of my life whenever I crack the case. Because because we are constantly told that our instincts aren't right. Yep. And they always are. And they always are. And you have to learning how to trust your gut. I feel like, and this isn't necessarily something I came up with, but RuPaul once was talking to Will and I about how the most important education you can pass on to your children isn't necessarily anything that has to do with book smarts. It has to do with what he called their internal GPS, which I loved. It's like, instead of making sure my kid gets straight A's, which if they're anything like me, they just won't. How do I make sure that they know that they can trust an instinct they have about a person when they first meet them? And you lose that. You lose that over time because you have, you know, your college boyfriend who's like, you're delusional or I'm like... (laughs) I love that also because it reminds me of what you one time you told me this story of telling a person you were dating that you actually thought you had been right about everything. And I've never related to something more because I was like, you know what? I was right about everything. And one time a ex that I broke up with, like wrote me this letter in a, in a frenzied state of like desperation of like the fact that we had broken up and whatever wrote this basically unhinged letter like listing every single thing but saying like okay you were right about this argument you were right about that I shouldn't have done and I was like correct 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 no I won't be giving you another chance but thank you for realizing that right. yes at I least was gave correct. You that closure of like acknowledging the of validating everything I've ever of done reality yeah <laughs> I think that even even when you know you're right even when you know what if something happened and was fucked up if everyone else is acting like it's not, yes. it is still a gut punch. It is yep. still a what the fuck. Yep. You know, I still struggle with people not reaffirming reality around me in previous relationships. And it makes me crazy because I just want, I mean, it, <laughs> I think that we both have talked about this in the past. It's like, we will build a case against someone, why we don't want to be around someone, why someone is not trustworthy. And when people are not listening to the evidence, when people are acting as if that is not happening, that's a huge trigger for me. I get very upset and I have a hard time letting that go. And actually, that's what I'm working on right now is letting go of old situations. I'm not around these people anymore. I don't need to present cases in my head for why they're not good people. Well, this also goes back to a Bethany Frankel moment in Bethany Ever After when she is like, crying she starts crying talking to Jason and she's like I just feel like it's everyone's like you're the perfect guy you're the perfect guy like wow you're deigning to be with Bethany like the broken woman who's been through so much and like underneath that I could tell there was so much more behind the scenes where it's like she knows he's not this perfect amazing man she knows he's probably uh, like you know manipulative narcissistic all this stuff but then on camera he's presenting as like this like babe why don't we calm down? Like, okay, I'm going to do it. And she's like, you know what? Just fucking show yourself for who you really are because I can't imagine anything worse than on a national scale having people being like, oh my God, he's amazing. And you're like, that's how I feel about my ex, Tucker Carlson. (laughs) (laughs) And we used to go on double dates when I was dating Matt Gates at the age of 15 when he first trafficked me. (laughs) I want truth. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. 
all these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. To go back to Love is Blind at the altar, Deep D was the one who dated Shake, who was famously the villain in Love is Blind season two. He was the one who kept on telling people he wasn't attracted to Deep D. He got eviscerated at the reunion, obviously. He said he wanted to sleep with Vanessa Lachey in front of Nick Lachey. (laughs) Nick Lachey insulted the veterinarian community by saying, like, he's not a real doctor. He's a dog doctor. He works with animals. Honestly, human beings. That's true, though. He's right. That was, like, one of the only good things Nick Lachey things has ever done. Nick Lachey said. The one, and only, the one and only good thing Nick Lachey has ever done is say that veterinarians are not as good as real human doctors. Okay. So Kyle was the one who was married to Shayna and was an atheist and Shayna had to break up with him because of that. <laughs> um, yes. So at the reunion, Kyle sort of spoke on how amazing Deep D was, you know, yes. and how she couldn't, but he couldn't believe someone treated her this way. And then after the fact, you know, it was kind of on People Magazine and, you know, Us Weekly, all of my major outlets about how Deep D and Kyle were going to spend some time together, dot, dot, dot. It is so clearly for the show. There's obviously nothing here. I'm sorry to say because, and I will speak for myself, but I also think for majority of people, if there's an inkling after these things for even just like a few weeks I'm going to be fucking someone. <laughs> like, I agree. I'm going to be crossing the line. Like, there's no, I'm not going to like, I, I don't know. And maybe that's my problem, but I'm not going to take it slow and be best friends first. If I know there's an attraction. I totally agree. I will say like, I went back and forth on this when they first were shown in the like scene where they went grocery shopping. I was like, okay, they're trying to present like there's this amazing chemistry between them. And it honestly looks like a bad second hinge date where you're like giving the person a second chance, but you're kind of like, not really sure if you should or not. But then the one moment where I faltered was when they went to the party and there's that moment where he like pulls her aside and he's like, you're the highlight of my life and starts saying all these really cute things he's about really sweet. He's like, I, I, I don't want you to ever be inconvenienced. Like, I want to like help you with things like I just thought that was really sweet and all that. But the truth is, yeah, then she, he's like, so like we could try this thing. And she's like, listen, like there's a huge risk that we would lose being friends. I'm like, I just couldn't relate to something less. Like I would have already, like you said, like months ago, I would have already been like, okay, so we just have to have sex and let's just see what happens. Like, let's we'll see what, how this I don't feels. know what to yeah. tell you. Um, um I, agree. I, I, we can't forget that Kyle chose Shayna. We can't forget that even after meeting Shayna's family, Kyle wanted to live with her. We can't forget that he broke his vegetarianism for her because Shayna told him to eat meat and be a man. You know, there's some red flags here. There's a lot of red flags. And I will say his apartment is really nice. But I do think like Deep D deserves better. I think she deserves someone who's like 
for intellectual peer. And yeah, I just wasn't feeling like the intense chemistry that the boys were talking about. So to jump to Natalie. Yes. Who was the one she was engaged to Shane, the male Shana, um, the one who as uh, Devin predicted, might be on drugs. And they had what seemed to be a very real connection. And they've had an on and off. They were engaged. She broke up with him at the aisle only because they had a huge fight the night before the wedding where he got so mad she said he scared her. Then they got re-engaged. Then they broke up again on and off and on and off. When we meet Natalie for After the Altar, she says, you know, she really thought they could have been together in the long term. But Shayna was DMing him gross stuff and that they were flirting and that it was inappropriate. Natalie is so normal. The only red flag is that she's on the show. So this is when Kyle annoyed me because at the party, Natalie is telling everyone like, yeah, like I found these DMs in Shane's phone, which I'm like, how'd you stumble across those, babe? Well, she said that she said that she happened to see one. And then because she saw one, she asked to see everything, which is like, I love that as like a power move of like, well, now that I've seen something, you got to show me it all. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. But Kyle is kind of like, Natalie is an instigator. Why can't she just let it go? This yeah. is again where I'm like, I'm sorry. Did you know the female experience in being in a relationship? Like, yeah. no, I actually just gave my all to something and it completely like withered because of someone's like infidelity, basically. It also, like, I hate to compare the two, but I'm just going to go right ahead and do it. But Shayna kind of had the Casey Anthony thing of, like, she told <laughs> she told lies she didn't need to tell. And then that, like, incriminated her because instead of just being like, yes, of course, there was, like, a flirtation between Shane and I during the show, but, like, now it's over. She instead tries to say there was never anything between them. And then, like, she's like, there was never anything between us. There's no attraction between us. Like, we're just friends. I don't know where she's getting this. Then they do a flashback to her. First of all, she said on the show, like, I still have feelings for Shane and I'm going to try to confess them to him. And then they flashback to her saying, (laughs) sitting next to him and saying, oh, you're fake as fuck relationship. You think you're compatible? That's comical. That's comical. Like, it just is like, wait, no, 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 no. Unfortunately, you did take part in what's called a reality television show. And there is video footage of you trying to split up someone's relationship. So then when you try to assert that you would never try to do that, it's not going to work. She should have just been like, you know what? I really can understand why Natalie would have those suspicions. Exactly. And you know what I mean? Like, I maybe I shouldn't have flirted with him. Now I'm in a relationship. So it's obviously behind me. But she's just too unhinged for that. She is so unhinged. The way she talks to her Greek boyfriend is like how I talk to my dogs. <laughs> She's like, my baby. And she like grabs their chin. I was like, this is really, really uncomfortable. And when she first even talks about getting engaged, she goes, it is so interesting how God works. And you're like, by everyone hating you and then you having a boyfriend. I do think that's interesting, actually. No. Can you imagine the first time like I'm telling you about someone I'm dating and I say, well, First of all, it is so interesting how God works. I'm getting what I want. Don't you think that's interesting? <laughs> I also love how when they bring up about her squinting at the reunion and how that kind of became a meme. And she's like, I squint because I'm thinking so hard. My brain's like, blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh, yeah, that physical manifestation of the fact yikes, that you're yikes, Einstein yikes. famously squinted and pursed out his lips like that. Yes, yes, yes. So at the party... Uh, Shayna and her Greek uh, boyfriend show, fiance show up. They've just been engaged, of course, like fittingly the night prior. Um, So she's like, I was so surprised. I was like, oh my God, couldn't be less from the truth. Even though at the dinner she had with Danielle and Nick, she's like putting her hand in front of her face and being like, okay, tell me why you like me again. Okay, say it again. What you fell in love with me for. Like, couldn't be more obvious what she's hinting at. And... Finally, Danielle finds out through Natalie what happened and uh, tells Shayna, you know, like, I heard that there were some DMs. And Shayna's like, what? No, I was with him. And is obviously freaked out. And my favorite thing that she says is, she's like, that's garbage. And she turns to her, they literally arrived like 10 minutes prior. At least that's what it looks like on the show. 
And she goes, honey, let's leave. She's very smart. We are going to leave. (laughs) (laughs) She's really playing her cards right. And I'm going to be humiliated. So I'm going to have to be seeing myself out. I also love how she talks about her fiance. She said, I think people want to judge him and peg him. And I'm like, (laughs) do they want to peg him? Also, (laughs) do they? But also like... Maybe don't introduce someone you want people to like like that. Like, all right, listen, I know all of you are going to want to judge this person and all of you are going to immediately jump to a lot of conclusions about this person and you're going to want to have anal with this person. But I need you to know that he's my life partner. It's really incredible. (laughs) But Jared and Ayana are such a sweet couple and they truly seem to enjoy each other. This is what's hard about this couple. This is one of those things where it's like... (laughs) I literally could cry saying it, but it's like sometimes love just it isn't enough type of thing. Like, no, they are clearly absolutely true. They're so in love. They're so they have so much fun together. They laugh so hard together about like the stupidest thing. Each other laugh. They make each other laugh. Like he clearly cares so much about her. She clearly cares so much about him. But unfortunately, like they're just in different places and want different things. And it's like really sad. They're not. He is not ever questioning her experience. So she is saying like, you are out too late. Like, I can't not know where you are. Like I you're coming home at 2 a.m. And I think a lot of guys reactions to that are like, you are, you know, exaggerating. That's not true. I'm taking care of you. All this stuff throughout this, these episodes, Garrett is acknowledging like, you're right. And it's really hard to change my ways. And it's really hard for me to be working a security job where I'm, I'm around bars. It's really hard for me to bartend when I'm around, you know, and and acknowledging that he has basically a drinking problem. But what I will say, and what I I really like about their conversations is whenever he says something like, well, I'm going to work on myself. She goes, what's your plan? And she's like, what are you actively going to do? I feel like we don't want to push our luck as women. I'll speak for myself when I've wanted someone to work on themselves. I haven't wanted to be like, so what are you going to do? Because I, I want to just be kind of like, okay, great. But she is very much like, what's your plan? You know, she moves out of their house to protect herself, which is a really scary, strong thing to do, I think. And One of the things that she says, which is really heartbreaking, but honest, she says, I love you as a person, but I do not see the value of having you as a partner. It's like he is not there for you. If someone is physically not there for you, if they're not showing up, no, they're not being a partner to you. The best part is he's like, what about Jared Jr., you know, intimating that he wants to have kids? And she was like, Jared Jr. is not coming soon. He is still up in the clouds looking (laughs) down. It is not his time. She's really funny. And I love her family so much. And I think the family, the scene with like her family was also interesting because it's like they also are understanding the nuance. They're not like, okay, so you're actually a piece of shit if you stayed out to it and like left her alone. They're like, no, we can see that you love her and we we want this to work out for you guys. But we also are very protective of her. And if she's struggling, that upsets us. Like it, it just was like basically the scene where they had dinner, Jarrett and Ayana with Ayana's adoptive parents was like a lesson, a masterclass in like how human beings should be to each other, I thought. I completely agree. And I liked how direct they were. They weren't, there's so much reality TV hinges on the awkwardness. You know, the Real Housewives music when people aren't <laughs> the kind of like, it's like the Pink Panther music comes in and they're like, some, but something's afoot. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all centered around like passive aggressive, you know. Uh, yes things until there's an explosion. And instead her family is like, okay, let's just get this out of the way. We are really worried about her. And I never want her. I never want to see her as upset again. I can't deal with that, you know, which I thought was really appreciated and obviously affected him. So I was sad to see that they broke up at the end that that was the couple I was probably most sad, (laughs) most heartbroken by heartbroken. I say, as I was like, Got it. Went to the kitchen to make a snack. <laughs> I was like, oh, and then left. Oh, yeah. OK. But it did, if anything, prove that these people really did fall in love through a pod and then through having this experience. You know what? Together. It, it proved that the Lachey's experiment, their little experiment, <laughs> their little plans and designs. The, they worked. <laughs> the Lachey couples, just like Marie Curie and her husband. 
Yeah, did fall in love. And especially considering that she doesn't like to kiss. Yeah. That is one of the crazies that she's like, sometimes it's just too wet. I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? I mean, to each their own. I'm not trying to judge her, but I just thought that was, I was like, wow, okay. And it's I'm still just working. Like maybe, maybe she just hasn't had a good kiss yet. No offense to all that she's kissed. But I don't know. Also, speaking of the pods, when they when this group of people arrives at Natalie's birthday and it says Natalie's pod friends in the Chiron, it's like, no, no, no. They're candidates in the same <laughs> show. Like they are not just friends of Natalie that she happened to meet a- around the pods. They were also contestants on the show, but they were too boring to have their storylines be it's included. True. Like, let's just call it what it is. Uh, but honestly, kudos to them to to still showing up knowing that at the party they're going to be just Chiron, Natalie's friends when they know that they like also they probably also dated Shayna and Mallory. And you know what I mean? Like they dated all these people. It's just weird. I want true romance. Hacks is back for season three. And so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts i'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for god to give you your next step and you don't know what it is yet you need god to show you your next step Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we are going to jump to the real stars of the show. And when I say real stars, real villains, I have not been affected by a reality TV show villain like this in a very long time. Yes, I completely agree. Sal, who was previously engaged to Mallory, famously, you'll remember him as playing his ukulele a lot and crying a lot out of just emotion. He is now showing up the only one showing up with a new girlfriend so mallory is there single as herself sal shows up with a girl jesse with an i by the way j-e-s-s-i and to give you some context jesse is a 
has a theater and dance background. Okay. And to give you a little bit more context, her Instagram bio says unapologetically myself in all caps, which does of course mean that many people have asked her to apologize for the way she is when she's being herself. First of all, that second of all, when a woman, this has happened to me before. When a woman greets you that intensely on first intro, like, hi, and gives you a hug, like, hi, so nice to meet you. This happened to me famously when I was dating someone and he had a female friend who I was like suspect over. I was like, why is she Who was in love with him and you were right the whole time as we discussed. Exactly. But she was always FaceTiming him, whatever. And like we we were long distance and he would say like, oh, I just got back from her house at two in the morning. And I was like, this is a little weird. When I first met her, she did that exact same thing. She goes, oh my God, hi, it's so nice to meet you. I love you guys together so much. I'm so happy. And so I was you like, hate us together, So great. why can't you just be normal and say, hi, nice to meet you? Put out a fucking hand and shake it. How about that? So Talk this to is- your friends about how much you hate me. I don't care, but don't make me go through this fucking song and dance. Don't make me hug you. Don't make me risk getting fucking- Monkeypox from Scabies you? from your fur coat. Okay, so this is the situation we're in. Jesse comes in like that. She's immediately saying upsetting things like, let's do some tequila like that. But by the way, doesn't that's not her normal accent. She's immediately like dipping on the ground and twerking a lot. It's just, it's basically your nightmare for your ex showing up with someone. But also in some ways it's a dream because I feel it like a, I, I would be enjoying this a little bit because she's you're such like, a she clown. sucks. Yeah. You're just like, wait, OK, she's not. It's not like she you she shows up. If if my ex had showed up with someone like Ayana or Natalie, I would be like, oh, shit, oh, like she's actually she's cool. like nice or Mallory. <laughs> yeah, like she's cool. She's beautiful. She seems chill. She seems normal. Um, she's not like twerking on the ground for winning a fucking round of apples to apples or whatever the fuck. <laughs> OK, that's the thing that really killed me is she keeps <laughs> grinding and squatting and throwing a leg up in the air. It's a little bit like Whitney Cummings online personality. We are yes. like, OK, so. You need people at constant a time to think you're hot while you're going to try to disguise it as being goofy. Yeah. So at one point she's putting on a boot, like putting on shoes as a normal human does. And she lifts her leg straight up in the air to put the like over her head, basically to put the boot on. It's like understood. You have flexible muscles. I get it. Yeah. And she's just loud and going like, I love you to Sal. Sal, you know, is probably the real villain in this. He is so annoying and and loves how much he's intention seeking. At one point yep. in his um, talking head, he's like, she is a firecracker. I'm like, are you her grandfather? And he's like, if she one of the things I love about Jesse is if she is in a room, you know, she is in that room. It's like, <laughs> yeah, how could I not? She's trying <laughs> Bethany Frankel's words. I am being traumatized right now. <laughs> no, I know. It's so true. And like the, Carolina sent this TikTok that I'll we'll post on the True Romance Instagram. But like there's this TikTok of like him describing her where he's like, she's just so kind. Like she's one of the kindest people I've ever met. Intercut with her being like tequila. OK, like <laughs> it's it's so, it's really something else. And Mallory is being so cool during this time. I literally would be taking different people to different like corners of the house and being like, do you hate her? Okay, she's really annoying, right? And Mallory is literally just watching and sort of taking it in. And when people come up to her, she's like, yeah, it's awkward. You know, as it would be when your ex-fiance who dumped you at the altar because he said he wanted to wait to dump you until then. You know, that would be hard for me to be around. But instead of Sal being like, I appreciate that Mallory is like being so mature. He's like, Mallory, I'm not going to worry about her anymore. I'm not going to defend her anymore. I've done enough protecting a Mallory. And he says, Mallory has a lot of places she needs to grow. Mallory at no point is saying like, I think it's weird that Sal brought his girlfriend. Right. And that they're being so overtly trying to like trying to prove that they like each other or whatever. Um, At one point, Jesse goes, we're like Sonny and Cher. We are Sonny and Cher. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, really? You're Sonny and Cher? Interesting. Um. Yeah, no, it's terrible. But but yeah, like Mal is very composed, very whatever. And she's just like so beautiful and has like such a calm energy that it it actually, despite all the lies he tries to like spew about her, it like doesn't work at all. Because then you see her and you're like, oh, OK, I've actually never seen a more composed person. So like whatever you're saying can't be true. But basically at one point, 
Mallory's just existing and Jesse with an eye comes up to her and asks to speak to her, which is insane. Sal is speaking to her first and saying like the most benign shit. Like he's like, it's hot. Like, yeah, it's hard. And she, again, isn't just being like, yeah, I mean, your girlfriend just takes up a lot of like oxygen in the room. She's just like, yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, it's hard. It's awkward, you know, being around your ex and. And then in, the, in a more psychotic move, Jesse comes in and goes, can I talk to her for a second? I've never seen this before. I've never seen this before. She goes, honestly, like I'm like super chill because like this happened so long ago, which by the way, it was mere months ago, but okay. It's like so in the past. I like, I was never worried about you. Trust me. I was never worried about you, which is like, okay, number one evil, evil, evil thing that a woman can say to another. She's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then Mallory, again, so composed is like, sorry, this is just like awkward. You know, like this is a little Mallory bit awkward. Mallory laughs because it's like, wait, you're crazy. And she says, which couldn't be more true. She's like, you know, you guys didn't even have to come up to me or say anything. Like it's awkward, but it's fine. And whatever. And Jesse like spews some more weird shit. And then it cuts to Sal in a confessional in (laughs) again, one of the most deranged things. He goes, Mallory's putting up her walls and that's okay. (sighs) Like longest sigh of all time. And it's like, why does she have to interact with you? Why does she have, you left her at the altar. Okay. Why does she owe you anything? She doesn't let alone interacting with your ex. And then there's like this weird scene where Sal like thanks Jesse for it. He's like, thank you for going up and talking to her. Like, I needed you to do that. Like, why? Psychotic. They're operating in a different realm of humanity. And then, of course, we get this like insane thing. So then Sal does this scene with his sisters where he tells like, honestly, one of the craziest lies I've ever heard. Like, He basically, I think what happened was after the show, he was kind of villainized as like, okay, well, he left her at the altar for no reason. And he was kind of love bombing her with like all this weird music and stuff. And then he was like, never mind, bye. So he wanted to try to control that image. So he tells this story about how he was walking down the street and heard Mallory's voice coming from a nearby car. And then a cup was thrown out of the window of the car. And he realized it was Mallory littering and being drunk in a car with a stranger, which I'm like, what? <laughs> like, and then again, you see these these moments with Mallory where you're like, there's just no way that that person did that. I mean, maybe I don't know. I personally was like, maybe that's true. I don't know. But it's such a weird place to bring it up while you're talking about how you're going to propose to the theater student. Like, yes, it's just very much like. The way he was like, I am not defending Mallory anymore. You're yes. like, no one's asking you to. It's not like she is playing the saint. It's not like she is trying to like villainize you at all. Like she yes. really doesn't say anything bad about him, which at I all. would. Which I would. So, and I am. And I am. And I will. I I am kind of heartened by the fact that Jesse had such a horrific like fan backlash where everyone was like, you're so annoying the point where she had to do an Instagram post of like, leave me alone. I have, yes. I yes, I can be rude to the woman who gaslit my fiance or whatever. No, I know. It's so it's like so textbook of like, so after the show, Sal posted this weird thing about like, OK, it's fine for you to come after me, but like, please do not come after my fiance. It's like, OK, you brought her into the show as a villain on purpose so that she would get an Instagram following. Don't now act like you can't say anything bad about her. It's fine. Whatever you want to say about me. And then she's posted a similar thing. Like you said, of like, okay, leave me alone. Like I'm just being myself. And it was really hard and whatever. And then Mallory, all she did was post like videos and photos of her with all the girls and like writes this thing about like how she's so grateful to have met these beautiful and kind women who have supported and helped her grow. Like, let's just let that be the evidence. Of people's character I here. Okay. Literally would be posting like every single meme that I saw about this person with zero you know, shame. It's like, it's like all the wisest men, all those three wise men and all those wise people that everyone quotes always say an Instagram caption is worth a thousand words. It's true. Even if it already includes 999. 
So for whatever reason, I thought this was going to be a longer series. I did not think it was just going to be three I was episodes. sad about that, yeah. Yeah, that was probably... I was more sad about that than any of the couples breaking up. I was like, <laughs> I just wish that I could see some of this breakdown. Like, yes, I'm sorry, Netflix. Yes. Can you use some of the money that you have, like with paying these salaries to just get like some camera equipment yes. and follow these people more. So that's where my beef is really. Well, my beef is also that like I'm having trouble with Netflix getting so celebrated as a reality platform when they're clearly so bad at it. This happens with everything. Every single reality show they have, most of the drama happens off camera. Like Britney Snow divorcing her husband after he was on selling OC and whatever. It's like, it, it always comes out after the fact. They never show it. And then people act like these shows are actually anywhere near as good as like a Bravo or TLC or a Lifetime show. Like, let's be real. Let's be real. And by the way, it's time to be real. And by the way, it's devastating for me to just have to take in the fact that I know Carolina will never get be real or TikTok. I will never get either. And it's really funny because the girls in my office are a lot younger than me. So they'll be like, all right, let's do a be real. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> Thank you for tuning into this episode of True Romance. I wish we had more After the Altar to share with you, but again, the Netflix gods, gods, if I can call them that, the suits at Netflix denied us this. We will catch you next time. I love you, Devin. Love you, bye. like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.